faith community. We are wrapping up the New Testament. Last one. We have gone through the entire New Testament. If you've stayed with us, thank you so much. New Testament in one year. Yeah. And to start out, Clint, I want to thank you. You've had to work really hard. Clint heads up yeah. our media team here. So he's got together a whole team of volunteers who's been recording these, mixing these, putting these all together. Um, it's been a Herculean task yeah, for you. A, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, mm -hmm. this is actually Clint's background. So this is what he went to school for. Mm -hmm. um, he's our children's ministry director here, but the, he's been able to use a lot of the, the talents that he's had to put these videos together. And, and we've been trying to sort of ratchet up all year, trying to make it a little better, a little better, a little better. 1%? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the goal, and uh, I think we did it. I think we did. A lot, a lot of one percent. Yeah, I think. so I'll pat you on the back. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so Revelation twenty-two, it's the end. It's the end mm -hmm. of the book. Um, first question I have for you on this passage: Are what are some of the things that John describes about the New Jerusalem? Yeah, so New Jerusalem, heaven, right? This is God. He's on His throne. We can see His face now. It talks about that. It talks about the water, waters of life, a river flowing from that throne uh, down the main street. Mm -hmm. It says the, the tree of life is on both sides. So I'm assuming the tree of life is a kind of tree, a type of tree. And it's got 12 kinds of fruit on it, and it bears fruit, produces fruit uh, every month. So this is already somewhat of like a little bit mind-blowing because we don't have trees like that. Um, and it talks about, um, it talks about uh, the, the night will be no more. We won't need any external source of light that will, like, we don't need a lantern, it says. We won't need a flashlight. It's just going to be light because he's going to be there. He is light. We'll be able to see his face. Um, it's just this glorious display of, of some of the stuff that's going to be going on in New Jerusalem. So the tree of life is there. The first time we see the tree of life is the very beginning of the story. We see mm -hmm. it again at the end of the story. And what, what's neat about Revelation, it sort of wraps up Genesis. Mm -hmm. um, so going back to Genesis, we have the tree of the life in the garden. Um, Adam and Eve don't eat that tree. Hmm. They eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then God puts an angel there in the garden. He says, lest they eat from the tree of life. Mm -hmm. So in the garden, they're not allowed. Now, everybody has access to it. Why is it yeah. here at the end of all time? We're allowed to eat of the tree of life. I mean, we're, uh, we've been made perfect. Jesus came. He died for us. He imbued his righteousness onto us. And now since we, we have the, the curse has been lifted, um, we're able to be with him. We're able to eat of that tree right. because we, um, you know, we worshiped Jesus. We didn't worship uh, the plethora of other things that we've seen here in, Re in Revelation. We've um, stuck to the truth. Um, the Holy Spirit uh, convicted us of sin, and we responded to that conviction um, with belief in God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At this point, all of the humanity that's on the earth, these are people who were redeemed, mm -hmm. right? And this is, this, I love this because what we see in Revelation, at the end of everything, we can eat of the tree of life. We couldn't eat it at the beginning because if we ate of the tree of life when we were separated from God, we would have been eternally separated from God. Right. Now, what I love about that is heaven comes down to earth God now communes with us, mm -hmm. and we can commune with him forever. See, yeah. he removed the tree of life from us because for us to eat from that, we would have lived forever, but we would have lived forever apart from him. And that's yeah. not what we're designed for. No. See, joy, pleasure is experienced in his, in his presence. So now we can eat of it because now we can live forever because now we're in his presence. And that's yeah. what heaven is all about. Um, we're recording this the week before, but this coming Sunday, yeah. I'm going to be preaching about Jesus' return. And, and the reason we're excited, we're joyful about Jesus' return is he's going to bring us to be with him 
forever. That's the mm-hmm. passion of the heart of the believer. Right. You know, the everything is going to be perfect in heaven. Everything you enjoy here on earth, you're going to be able to enjoy perfectly in heaven. But if you had all of those things to enjoy and Jesus wasn't there, it, it wouldn't be heaven. No. What makes mm-hmm. it heaven and what makes this literally heaven on earth is that Jesus is there. And right. now we are in his presence. So this whole revelation, John's been interacting with this with this angel. Now, whenever he's at the very end, what's his response to this angel when he's told about all these things? Right. So he's just showed the New Jerusalem, right? right. Just a few verses earlier. Um, and he's shown like the, the throne room there and, and all that great, uh, fanta- this gr- fantastic visual of what the angel's given him. And his immediate response is to fall down. And this is kind of ironic because now John has to record his mistake here <laughs> that he immediately falls down and worships this angel. Yeah. And this angel immediately says, literally says, stop. Don't do that. Worship God, mm. because I mean that's the I mean the whole point of what this is hap- of all this that's been happening is that people aren't worshiping God here. Mm-hmm. John, John has the response of a worshiper, yeah. and so since we're all created as worshipers, this is a little picture of a little like a mini story of what mankind has been doing. We've seen the great things that God has created, and our tendency is to be worshiping. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things sometimes instead of worshiping God. And the angel says, and this is really important here, it's kind of a reminder throughout all of this, is that stop, look at what you're worshiping, make sure all that worship is directed to God. Make sure you're not uh, worshiping, your focus is not on his creation, but make sure that it's on him. Yeah. You know, one of the things um, that I love to do when I'm sharing the gospel with people who don't believe in the deity of Christ is show this to them. Mm -hmm. And what's neat about Revelation is John begins... With Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. He sees Jesus. What does he do? He falls down on his face in front of him. Yep. What does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't say, don't worship me. No, that's Why? the whole point. <laughs> because Jesus is to be worshipped because Jesus is God. But this angelic being who's glorious, who's powerful, who's mighty, who's sinless, mm-hmm. isn't to be worshipped. Why? Because only God is to be worshipped. But this is an argument when you're confronting somebody who doesn't believe in the deity of Christ. God says in Isaiah, I don't share my glory with another. Jesus is worshipped as mm-hmm. God. This proves his deity. This response of the angel right here shows Jesus isn't just an angel. We're not worshipping angels. Right. So um, Jesus states why he is revealing these things to John. What's the reason that Jesus gives for why he's revealing these things to John? Right. So he, the reason for all this is for us. Mm. It's for the churches. He says uh, that he is coming soon. He says, don't, don't seal this up. Put this, this is scripture. This is what we're going to be sending to all the churches because he is coming soon. He says, let the one who is thirsty, who desires to take the waters of life freely, come. So because he wants to send it to the, he wants to give it to John to give to the churches because he is coming soon. Mm. And he wants to, he wants people to come to him and take the waters of life freely. Mm. This is a free gift. It's what we were designed to do anyway. Come, hear the call. You know you're thirsty. Come drink of the waters of yeah. life. And it's interesting because earlier there's sort of this, you know, condemnation that the person who's in sin is going to continue in sin. The person who's righteous is going to continue in that righteousness. Mm-hmm. But then we see this invitation. Yep. And so if you are listening to this today and you're walking in sin, you're walking in defiance, the Holy Spirit and the bride say, come. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you through God's word. The bride, that's the church. Mm-hmm. And that's us. Yes. And what are we saying? Come. Same. Come. Come. We want you to Come before it's too late. And that's what Revelation is letting us know. Be ready because the time is drawing near. So end of the book, this is the chapter that includes the consequence for adding or taking away from scripture. 
What are those consequences and what constitutes adding or taking away? Right. So the adding of scripture, um, he says that he'll add the plagues mm. from this book to your life. And there's some pretty gnarly plagues yeah. in this book. <laughs> wouldn't want that. Um, and then taking away from Scripture uh, would take away your share of the tree of life and the holy city, mm. which are written about in this book, it says. Um, so taking away from Scripture means that you're taking away your chance to be in heaven. Like you're, you're taking what's already here, what's already completed, and you're changing it for your own uh, means. And so... Um, the, the consequences here, what, what constitutes adding or taking away is not necessarily ripping a page out of the book, right? Oh, no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is mm. um, somebody, I mean, adding the Book of Mormon to Scripture right. and then taking that as Scripture. It's adding, saying, I have words from God and I'm writing this down and this belongs in Scripture when it has no business being there. And then taking away from Scripture is you believe part of the Bible, but not necessarily all mm. of the Bible. You say, I think this belongs in it. I don't think this does. Um, and what people need to realize is that Scripture is complete. It's inerrant. It's God's Word to us. There's, there's no, there should be no tampering with yeah. this. Yeah. So we take away, when we look at something in Scripture and we say, well, God couldn't have meant that. Right. Uh, because that's adding us, your personal experience to well, that. Well, I'm, I'm taking away the truth of it. You know, I see this all the time um, when I when I go and I confront people who are in willful sin. Yeah. And over and over again, what I hear when they're in willful sin, you know, the, the most common one is I confront men who are leaving their wives or they're committing adultery, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm sure that that's not what God's word meant when it said you're not supposed to divorce your wife or, you know, God would want me happy. They're taking away from Scripture. Mm -hmm. um, adding to Scripture, I add to Scripture when I say what I'm saying is equal with God's word. Hmm. When I say, hey, I'm a prophet, and I'm going to speak God's word to you. My words are inerrant, yep. just like God's word is inerrant. Mm -hmm. That's really dangerous. It's really dangerous if you read the end of Revelation. This is why I tremble whenever I hear somebody saying, hey, you know, I have a word from the Lord. Well, Revelation seems sort of like it closed the book on that. Right. Right? It doesn't really give us an opportunity to say, I have something from God that's equal to Scripture. Now, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Mm -hmm. He convicts us that we're supposed to do certain things. He can prompt us to do things. But all that's going to fall in line with Scripture. It's going to always it's fall in line mm -hmm. with Scripture. It's never going to be contrary to God's Word. It's never going to add to God's Word. So the, the, the story is over. We don't mm -hmm. get to add to it. We don't get to cut parts out of it that we don't like. Mm -hmm. Jesus is coming. And he's coming soon. Ah, Maranatha, the cry of our heart, the passion of our lives is for Jesus to return. And this is awesome. Ending this at the end of this Christmas series, because yeah. we've been talking through the joy of anticipation, of arrival, of incarnation, of union, and then the joy of his return is how we're ending the year, and he's coming soon. It's it's Maranatha. so cool that we're celebrating Christmas, and we're also talking about the very end, from right. Jesus coming as a baby to now he's come back again. He has claimed victory here. So in the words of John, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with everyone. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. God bless.